0: Hello and welcome to another apocalyptic episode of Say By the 90s. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we have a guy who was born on the cusp of the new millennium, Ken Bakely. Hey, Ken. Hello. 2022 is upon us, and while this new year will hopefully bring it with it a better outcome than the last two years, this month on the show we'll be looking back to another year that was wrought with fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's right, we're talking about Y2K.
1: It's 2 a.m. January 1st, year 2000. Power's out. It's pitch black. You need light. If you planned ahead, you'll have one of these. Just wind it up. You'll have light and communication. Call now and get the ultimate Y2K survival kit from BeCalm.com. You'll receive the Sunburst, the premier wind-up and solar-powered flashlight and radio, a video resource guide with real advice from leading experts, a diagnostic computer program to test your PC. You'll receive three soup samples from Hourglass Foods, food storage you'll want to eat. Plus, you'll receive a step-by-step guide that will show you how to prepare without wasting a single penny.
0: Call now and order your ultimate Y2K survival kit. You get the wind up and solar powered flashlight radio, video diagnostic software, food samples, and preparation
1: guide. A $90 value, all for only $49.95. The first feature we'll be discussing was released in 1995, but paints a stark portrait of what New Year's 1999 would look like. Directed by Catherine Bigelow, this is Strange Days. The last night of this century. I'm the magic man. For a man who's seen too much. This is conspiracy paranoia. For a woman who won't back down. Calm down, baby. This is what I do. Strange days are coming. Cheer up, Rose. Go ahead in 10 minutes anyway. Strange Days, rated R.
0: Friday, October 13th at theaters everywhere a former cop turned street hustler accidentally uncovers a conspiracy in Los Angeles in 1999. Now I, when this movie came out, I, maybe I was just like too young, but I feel like it just kind of flew under the radar. Like nobody was really talking about this movie. I remember seeing it at the video store, but I like literally knew nothing about it. And it wasn't until like many, many, many years later that I saw it, and I was just like, holy crap, this movie's incredible. Like, this is, this is a great movie. And I, I don't really know why it wasn't bigger back then. I think maybe, I have some suspicions, but I, I still, to this day, love going back to Strange Days and revisiting this movie. I, and I don't exactly know if I can articulate why I love this movie, but I'm gonna try. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I feel very similarly and just kind of even though obviously my frame of reference for this movie's existence in my mind is much shorter than yours would be because, you know.
0: Not really though. Like because no, I no. was I mean like I didn't really know anything about this until I don't know. Like 10 maybe 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh that's the thing that keeps that I that Stunned me kind of thinking about this movie, which is that it ha- it's one of those movies where you almost can't even call it like a movie with a growing appreciation uh, in the sense that you would think of like a cult classic in, uh, in the traditional sense or movie that's getting critically reevaluated because even to this day it's basically impossible to see. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Now, this is something that uh, I think everybody when they talk about this movie at length has some theories on i don't i really don't i think it could be anything i perhaps have some suspicions but yeah like this is a movie it is not available to stream or rent as far as i can tell it has never been available to stream or rent nope i don't think Uh, so there have been blu-ray releases of it in other countries in other regions but if you're just like but if you just wanted to see it say in the united states your only way to watch it legally is to get a used DVD out of print for cheap, which is what I did. I bought a DVD of it for like six bucks maybe two and a half years ago. Uh, and it was just sitting on my shelf until earlier this month when I watched for the podcast because I felt like I want to see it, but I feel like just kind of the vibe around that movie looking at it, it is like, there's probably a lot going on in there and I'm going to need like not only the time <laughs> but the headspace to really work with it. Yeah. And there, I was correct. There is Although a I will, lot. Oh, yeah. Although I will point out, in the DVD, it's a sufficiently old DVD that on the back, uh, like, interactive menu is one of the things that's one listed the as a bonus feature. I love that. And
0: scene selection. Oh, yeah. well, you gotta, yeah, you gotta boast the scene selection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is a, this is a very interesting movie, like structurally. Like when you watch yeah. Strange Days, it, it sort of dawned on me. So I've I've seen this movie I think 3 times now. So I haven't I'm not like an expert in Strange Days. But watching it this time around, uh, I realized like the movie doesn't really start until you're an hour into it, which I think is kind of interesting. And I mm-hmm. think that that's also why I kind of like this movie is that just the kind of meandering narrative that it has where you don't really even know what this movie's about until you kind of hit that hour mark when the S hits the F you know like that yeah. when, when stuff when start, stuff starts going crazy and the murder when he sees the 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 Tape or whatever you want to—it's a mini disc. That's what it,
1: what it is. But when that's he sees a the mini disc in this movie, yeah,
0: when he sees the mini disc of the the murder, and that's when things really kick off. But before that, it's basically all just set up. Like it's all just establishing this near future Los Angeles. It's establishing these characters and their relationships, and and Ray finds and his uh his um interesting vocation and yeah, the whole I, I think that there's just a lot of hand holding in making sure that the audience can wrap their head around this idea of uh, of wiring in or whatever they call it where you can essentially it's like VR almost where you can watch what other people did like you can sort of see through their eyes and, and feel what they felt by wearing this, uh, headgear, mm-hmm. which I think is also kind of fascinating that this is a movie that came out in 1995 and it took place. Uh-huh. It, it took place four years in the future.
1: Yeah. I was thinking that <laughs> this, and, feels like a, this feels like a movie you would make about a world, like 20 years in the future yeah. from 1995.
0: Like, like the, it's not, we're not talking like, you know crazy total recall levels or anything like that Blade Runner nothing like that we're not that far into the future where like things are still relatively modern uh, but then you have this whole like mind hack stuff that is like feels very sci-fi in comparison to everything else and certainly for what was happening in the world but on that topic one of the things that kind of strikes me with this is the the commentary about uh, police and like sort of yeah. the police state and the mounting conflict between citizens specifically people of color and police and mm-hmm. that whole aspect of the movie which I think feels even more relevant
1: when watching it today. Yeah that's something that Uh, I've seen mentioned a lot about this movie and I completely agree with. It is a movie that feels quite like someone who went who like saw of course these issues existed and were known to exist by the broad public in 1995 but the way that it explores it with that technological element to it that communicative element to it feels like something that has now a certain uncanny reflection of the um of us of, of, of later time
0: right i mean i i think that they probably took inspiration from the la riots
1: yeah this feels this is, yeah this feels like an extremely post la riots movie yeah
0: very much so i think that they they took they took a cue and they saw what was happening in los angeles during that time and took it and they were like okay well what's gonna happen during The turn of the century like when things get even crazier so they just like amped everything up by several times for this movie but it's kind of it's interesting but also kind of sad that you can still take those themes and and transplant them into what's happening
1: in you know now within the last few years so yeah uh again another sad aspect of this movie for whatever reason being completely impossible to see now I say whatever reason because I don't actually know, but you know, yeah. But uh, for the for this movie being impossible to see now is that it does feel like something that would have a ver- that would have a much more prominent place in the culture if it was as easy to see as almost any other movie of the stature of this, you know, cast and budget and director and screenwriter from this era. Yeah, uh, James Cameron
0: wrote this. Uh, mm-hmm. did James Cameron and Jay Cox, according to IMDb and you have Catherine Bigelow here who, you know, by 95, she was already looked pretty, pretty big. I mean, she did point break at this, yeah. at this point that point break it's was
1: all up to point break. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she did this after point break and she had already done like near dark at this point. So she was already pretty big, I would say. And you know this this was like this is a a big movie. I mean, this is a big like kind of triple A movie. And you know you have a great cast in here. I already mentioned Ralph uh, Ray Fiennes, and uh, you also have Angela Bassett, Juliette Lewis, Tom Sizemore in there. Mm-hmm. Back back when Sizemore's career was really starting to pop off. And then uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, of course, as uh, One of the crooked cops in a kind of a perfectly cast role.
1: Oh yes, it's it's very it's a it's a feels this feels quintessentially a D'Onofrio performance. Yeah.
0: Him and him and William Fickner as the crooked cops. And then of course a performance too. You have maybe the quintessential nineties villain here, Michael Wincott, who Mm -hmm. like I just feel like he was the perfect villain in everything when you think of a 90s villain like this is the dude you think of at least for me for some reason i think because of the crow mostly but yeah he's very much a 90s 90s kind of guy so great cast i i think maybe part of the part of the the maybe the thing that I, well first of all I think that the, that this movie is absolutely a cult classic if it if it's not already considered one I think it will be one and I think all this needs is some somebody like Arrow or one of these other like kind of niche distributors to remaster it put out a new collector's edition blu-ray and I think that this movie's going to get a whole like second life.
1: Yeah, I was about to say there's one thing that's keeping that Reevaluation from happening en masse and it is merely a question of availability yeah
0: it is a it's a long movie and i think that that may may make it a little bit inaccessible to some people i mean it is almost two and a half hours long and although i would say you do feel the length just because for for pretty much half the movie you're not exactly sure where it's gonna go or even what like what the plot of this is going to be because you're just kind of following him around. Um, For me, as I said before, like, that's one of the draws. Like I, I like that. I like movies that don't necessarily have a, a a forced conflict where, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's just spending time in this world, these people.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's the thing you think about the subject matter, you think about the structure. Uh, you think about even the runtime, and I do agree. You feel the runtime, and I think in the sense that it's... I don't think feeling the runtime is a bad thing, necessarily. Not, <laughs> I'm thinking, not in this case, at least. This movie was put into wide release by a major studio. I don't know anything about the marketing strategy that Fox used for this, but I cannot imagine it was good.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think
1: so. It was probably a terrible marketing. The Apparently... I'm looking at it now. It got a B cinema score. This feels like it could have, been, could have been one of those classic F cinema score movies. So maybe the marketing was a little bit different because that's the thing about movies that get F cinema scores is that it's usually a sign that the marketing tried to make it look like a movie that was completely different than what it was. Yeah. That's the reason is that, you know, you're uh, evaluating for day one audiences. Uh, and really, it's just a test of how much did the marketing match for the movie. So, I don't know. <laughs> I was ready to see that big cinema score F here for it. It
0: did not do very well at the box office. It grossed just under $8 million worldwide. Uh, well, actually, it looks like that's it maybe wasn't released overseas, because I'm only seeing... looks like the worldwide and U.S. Gross, gross is the same, so maybe it didn't get an international release. But...
1: $42 million budget.
0: Yeah yeah off of a 42 million dollar budget that was not that is not a good return that's good. so that's not good no um so i guess you can kind of see maybe why they are hesitant to put this out there but seriously how much does it cost to just dump a movie on blu-ray these days you know
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. i don't know it's weird it's 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 weird because it is i think a legitimately good movie and the fact that it's just impossible to see is very frustrating
1: mm-hmm. yeah, this movie like its it, it says the, the the top of the Wikipedia article that it nearly derailed Bigelow's career, and I just think that's just a telling commentary. This movie nearly uh destroys Bigelow's career, and then but two years later, Cameron got to make Titanic
0: yeah, exactly, well, you know we we, we know why that that is
1: yeah i don't think we even need to clarify no
0: it didn't though i mean she she did she she had a healthy career after that i mean she won yeah, an yeah Oscar. no
1: i i could see why the discourse after being put out would be well this th- th- that's that's not what the thing that the headlines you want to get for your 42 million dollar movie. Oh, yeah of course yeah yeah
0: it was a different it was it was a different time i i, I would hope that that doesn't necessarily happen these days but who knows uh anything else you want to add about Strange Days? Uh I it's, it's it's one that uh, I highly recommend checking out. It's got a very 90s industrial vibe to it, which I love. Uh, and that includes the soundtrack, so
1: something we're always uh supportive of on this podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Love it. Uh yeah,
1: there wasn't there, uh, I don't know what the the early 2000s, early mid-2000s equivalent of 90s industrial aesthetic was, but whenever uh, I was a little kid and that would just kind of exist like in passing on TV or wherever, it would scare me uh, indescribably. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> just too, it was just too grating for my child uh, sensibility. It's,
0: you know, it, it, it's intense. You know, it's like it's dark yeah. and there's a lot of movement, a lot of... And yeah, like people wearing weird stuff, like spikes, and yeah, I mean, I can, I can get
1: that. I can totally get that. the second of that kind of energy just in passing on channel surfing, and uh, that could uh, ruin part of my day as a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only a slight exaggeration, but uh <laughs> yeah, I, I do recommend this movie. I find it hard to talk about because I'm not really sure the frame of the frame of mind, the frame of reference that I can use to to, to talk about it and talk about why I find it so fascinating but it 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 really is it's this imperfect but really just precise and visceral movie that has a uh not merely a lot to say uh as the saying goes but just has this incredibly just rich vision for this really upsetting world that it's set in that does not feel irrelevant correct yeah
0: it has a a, you know it's it's a longer movie, but it has a lot of energy and it keeps the energy up. Like it, it moves along in a pretty quick clip throughout the whole thing. While I do think that maybe it could have been trimmed down a bit, like, like the, the, like full on musical performance by Juliette Lewis, like maybe, maybe could trim that down a bit, you know, like I think that there were parts that they could have maybe cut down, but, uh, I don't, I don't think that it's, that necessary because i think that it it all aids in the world building here and i i liked all of all of that so yeah uh definitely check it out and it's like it's a good mystery too you know one one when the mystery starts to happen so just to set the stage like you have these Head this headgear stuff that allows you to play these mini discs and experience what other people saw and felt and everything, and it feels like you're there. It's like more than just VR. It's like he, it's like a memory being blasted into your head. And this this killer goes around and it murders people, but what he does is he puts the headgear on them and he links it to to him so that basically they watched themselves getting murdered which is it's horrendous pretty insane actually <laughs> and yes. so that right there i mean i think is enough like if you just told me that i'd be like okay yeah i'll i'll watch that i'll 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 see that and i guess maybe one of my criticisms with this is that i felt like they should have gone a little bit deeper into that that angle and broaden that mystery a little bit because like I said before so much of this movie is not that that I, I maybe think that they could have spent a little bit more of the run time exploring that mystery sort of noir aspect but yeah that's, that's a nitpick more than anything cool uh, yeah so that's Strange Days uh, check it out if you yeah, can manage can. <laughs> if you can manage to find it Yes. You know what I mean? Like, do what you got to do. Like, I don't yeah. condone piracy, but if there's no way to see a movie,
1: then that's the thing. It's on them. I don't condone piracy if a movie's obviously very, extremely available uh, through legal means. Uh, but if it's a movie like this where you've just where your best hope is that you basically just have to, I don't know hope that there's a used dvd that shows up at a right price i don't know i don't know what to tell you then. yeah
0: Yeah. moving on from a pessimistic prediction of y2k to a downright apocalyptic one we have an action horror movie starring arnold schwarzenegger as a man named jericho kane name yeah jericho kane i mean you know you're in for a treat when you have that as a main character Mm-hmm. Directed by Peter Hyams and released on November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. This is End of Days.
1: At the end of a thousand years, the dark angel is loose from his prison. He will walk among us. She was chosen to bear his child. <laughs> in search of an innocent soul.
0: I've come for my wife.
1: Now it's one man's fate. I'm afraid. It's not too late to protect her. What are we gonna do? Let's go to the end. How can you expect to defeat me? I am forever! End of Days. it R. Now playing. Uh, I, I should also mention that there's another character in this movie named Bobby Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, th- that's still not as good as the two character names that we'll come to uh, uh, with our next movie. But
1: Oh, no, no, not at all. But anyway, uh, at the end of the century, Satan visits New York in search <laughs> of a bride. It's up to an ex-cop who now runs an elite security outfit to stop him. Like, obviously, this movie is—I think—particularly insane for a number of reasons. I'll get to in a moment. But I have to say, the synopsis we've been getting so far with the first two have been really disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> they're so they're just—they're normal. They're yeah, like they're the very—they're very matter of fact. They're not. I think we I mean, were just spoiled after the one we had last
0: month. Yeah, they're not your typical uh, c- c- crazy. Carnival that is the uh, normal i m d b synopsis
1: anyway, end of days this movie is not good, but it is nuts it,
0: it is it is not good i I recognize that it is not good however i don't know why, but I just have a soft spot for this movie and I, I don't i don't know what it is i've seen this movie multiple times I saw it when it came out i don't think i like i don't remember seeing it in the theater or anything like that but I really liked it when I was younger. And maybe there's a certain nostalgia. However, I don't have any specific, like, memories or or anything tied to this movie. But, yeah, I don't don't know what it is. I just, I like these kinds of movies. Uh, I guess maybe for similar reasons that I like uh, Constantine. And that's a movie that, like, a lot of people hate on, too. But I really like Constantine.
1: I think... I think the thing I like I'm really fascinated by this movie uh and I think here's the thing that kept coming to me as well while I was watching it This is feels like a movie from the almost the absolute last moment in the small window of time where you could put out a non-IP I hate that term IP but it I yeah, it's it is shorthand it is, yeah Yeah not based on like any like cultural Properties uh, or whatever um, that is an R-rated fantasy horror movie that would necessarily have to be marketed towards adult audiences, and it also cost a hundred million (laughs) dollars. There's a very narrow window when that when a movie like that could get made and released, and how thankful we should be that we got one like this. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind
0: of wild. Movie
1: marketed towards.
0: It's kind of wild to look at this movie like, "Oh, yeah, this is a 100 million dollar movie." <laughs> it's so crazy. I
1: don't know what, what studio put this thing out. Um um uh, Universal put it out in the United States. Yeah. The Universal marketing meeting. What are the who are the demographics? Who were they looking for?
0: I mean, I guess that I mean, at least part of it had to be cashing in on the Y2K stuff. Like I Feel I feel strongly that at least part of it had to do with the millennium craze that was happening. I mean, I feel like that has to be a lot has a lot to do with the decisions where they were just like, oh well, you know, it's a it's, it's a Schwarzenegger movie. This was his his first movie since Batman and Robin, and I think that maybe they thought that uh, this was going to be a an, an easy win for them. Not sure it was, but. Yeah. It wasn't
1: really. I mean, it did uh, okay
0: financially. Not not so much domestically, but yeah. yeah but they were
1: hoping that it was going to blow the doors off and be a make. I don't know, five hundred million dollars. It did not.
0: No, no. I yeah, I'm sure they thought that. But when you see this, you're like, oh, it's surprising to think that this made that much at all. But I think Still, the, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of fun to be had. I mean, oh like, yeah, when you when you look at the poster for this, the one that's on IMDb. Like that, that just that poster just says it all, man. Like this, this is just like pure, pure like yep. goofy '90s horror, and not not really horror, like action horror, I guess. Yeah. Because there's not really anything that's particularly scary here, but I do like the idea of
1: Arnold versus Satan, you know, kicking <laughs> kicking yeah. Satan's butt, and. It's not- it's not really hard. It's a very intense supernatural drama.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, I, I, the, the first movie that comes to mind to compare it to is Constantine. But, I, I mean, I think that Constantine's better than, than what you have here. Uh, far better. But there's still some, some interesting elements here. I liked Gabriel Byrne as Satan. I think that oh, yeah. uh, you, you really can't beat that casting. He does such He's a good of- job
1: spectacular time yeah you can
0: you can tell you can tell that he's just he's really just having fun with the role and uh I, I, he i think that he's what really makes this movie him and actually uh kevin pollack in my opinion who plays like chicago. kind of the this yeah he's chicago he was the sidekick and he just does such a good job in that role too he, he reminds me of the uh the tom arnold character in true lies where he's just does such a great job as being that kind of sidekick character. Uh, one, if I were to have one criticism with this movie, it'd be that we need more Kevin Pollack in it, but yeah. And then you have a really, you know, pr- a pretty solid cast of, uh, of, of smaller roles like CCH pounders and in, in here. And she does a great job as the, the one of the detectives and, Turns out that she's she's bad, but it. What you have here is basically it's kind of like a I don't know, almost like a Rosemary's Baby type situation. But if you, but but you put in Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, so it's like Terminator Terminator crossed with Rosemary's Baby, because <laughs> you have these like bombastic action sequences, but then you also have. These scenes where, like, Gabriel Byrne is manipulating people and blowing up houses and like killing people and doing all kinds of awful things, in, in order to get the uh, Robin Tunney's character, Christine—is it hmm. Tunney or Tunney? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But so the, the whole premise here is that she's like the, Satan's. She's going to be the bride of Satan, I guess, and. So he's like trying to hunt hunt her down and so you have Arnold who's protecting her and the 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 thing is like he's kinda caught in the middle, so like all of these Catholic priests are also trying to, to, to get her and they're trying to kill her. And he and then Gabriel Byrne and all his followers are trying to get her so that they can turn her into his bride. It's pretty goofy. It's really goofy, actually.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, uh, this movie's not good, but I'm just going to say... Uh, I'm not going to say this movie's good. I'm just going to tell you to go watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's.
0: I think it's a lot of fun. Yes. We... Uh, several years ago, we had Ryan watches for Ryan Watches a Movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really remember what he said. I don't think he liked it very much, but... Uh, I, I remember... Having fun with that conversation too, and I think it's, I re—I think I rewatched it for that podcast as well. So this is like probably my third or fourth time seeing this movie.
1: It's hard not to at least have fun discussing this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's—it is, yeah, it is. What it, like
1: yeah.
0: looking at the 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 Peter Himes filmography, uh, it's it's definitely not my top one of his. But, I guess that's
1: not saying much with Peter Himes, is it? <laughs> For the record, this is our fourth Peter Himes movie on this podcast. This might be one of the directors whose movies we've talked about the most.
0: Yeah, I think... I don't know. I mean, looking, looking at his output in the 90s, I think that it's just that he had a... He had a really good run, and, and a, a lot of... Uh, I don't know. Just a lot of, of notable releases although narrow margin i never even saw that before we covered it on this show so that i wasn't even familiar with
1: barely remember it
0: i i yeah i remember almost nothing about it of course time cop i remember everything about Mm -hmm. because it's time cop and then what we did the relic too
1: right yeah where the main point of discussion i believe was us talking about how we couldn't see anything that was happening in the movie because uh cinematographer Peter Hyams uh, does not like lights. I mean, you, you just see the trailer for The Relic,
0: and it, it's... By the way, the poster on IMDb for The Relic is really cool. I never even saw that one before, but yeah, like, The, the, the Relic, you couldn't see anything in that movie. I mean, that was ridiculous. Now, yeah. End of Days, I know that, that we were talking about this off-air, like, that's a, that's a, a common... Complaint with end of days as well as just how dark it is. And while I, I agree that it is, it's too dark and that causes the movie to be pretty ugly. I mean, this is an ugly movie. The cinematography in this movie is just not good. and, I don't know and uh but but i mean
1: you can at least see what's going on whereas the relic you don't even know what's happening it is not the relic (laughs) although i will observe that according to the always factually accurate imdb trivia section arnold schwarzenegger himself voiced concerns about the uh difficulty of seeing what's happening in this movie and then a little bit more research and then i found myself on peter hyams's imdb trivia page which includes the item Claims that he has never been invited to join the American Society of Cinematographers because they, quote, don't like him, unquote, <laughs> and are biased against directors who shoot their own films.
0: I don't know if I've seen anything else. Does he
1: shoot all his own movies? I think he does. Okay. okay. Yeah, this yeah, quote. D- yeah. So the quote was don't like, not don't like him. So, you know, I'll submit that correction. Uh, in 1996, because this continues, he said this to Conrad L. Hall who didn't believe him. After Hall and Haskell Wexler offered to sign recommendations on an application letter for him, the ASC summoned him for a 90-minute interview. Two days later, he received a rejection letter in the mail and he keeps it framed on his office wall.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm, so I'm looking at the movies that he was a DP on. Now, I don't know what requirements they have to be, enter- to, like, be a part of that or whatever
1: he probably submitted the relic as his audition reel
0: (laughs) and they're like wait what is this (laughs) is this guy serious
1: is this a a radio play
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean time cop wasn't very good like yeah i don't know i i I don't i don't want to speculate about anything but just looking at I'm looking at the trailer right now for A Sound of Thunder also, which is, I I never even heard of this movie, but this looks incredibly dark too. So, I just
1: like shooting in the dark, I think. I guess. I mean, so often you see movies that that are unpleasant to look at because they're basically shot with, they look like they were, they're shot like a sitcom, like a network sitcom or something. Uh... It is nice to see a movie that you question the cinematography, but for completely different reasons.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's variety.
0: Yeah. I mean, wow. I just watched the trailer for The Musketeer, and mm-hmm. that one, too, is incredibly dark.
1: This is fascinating.
0: I guess he just... Uh, that's just I, his it thing. It's what he wants. It's what he wants to do. <laughs> Enemies Closer, which was his last, the last movie that he directed, which I did see... That is also very dark. It mostly takes place in the forest at night, <laughs> huh?
1: It's a signature. There we go. It's a weird signature, but I guess it is.
0: Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. It's it's even if I think even if it was. Brightened up a bit and maybe had some better Looking cinematography I don't think that that would Have been enough to save end of days from Being
1: no, a- that's not the key to this movie it's just yeah. something that I, that I quietly obsess over
0: I, I, I don't think that Would have been enough to make this like A good movie Again I think that it's a fun Watch it it's A little bit different than your standard Arnold roles Um not specifically For him and his Role but just adding in some horror elements to it, I, I, is a little bit of a departure, I guess. But
1: it, it, it is the first time in his career he's played a character named Jericho Cain, I'm assuming.
0: Well, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Jericho Cain. Uh awesome. Uh anything else to add about end of days?
1: Um simultaneously, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I because think that I like, there I got some observations I want to make but then I realized it would just be me listing things that happen in the movie.
0: Yeah, I think that there are th- there's some interesting things that they they look at as far as the Y2K thing in in here. I think I think it's this one. I can't remember if it's this one or or Strange Days where they mention the like actual Y2K bug. I think, I it think might, it's this one. Yeah, I think it might be this one
1: where they actually doesn't really Strange Days.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't really. Um, with this one, it is definitely more of a theme, like mm-hmm. the fact that it's the end of end of times or whatever. I don't know what <laughs> the plot is. Kind of ridiculous, where it's like the the cat when the 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 Mayan was it the Mayan calendar is that what they were going by in this movie because I thought that the wasn't the Mayan calendar like 2000 yeah that was a 2012 20 thing. yeah 2012 is when the Mayan calendar ended and people were like thinking that that was gonna be the end of the world for some reason
1: I don't yeah know. I, I can't imagine that was I do remember that I can't imagine that was based on a very sound understanding of the Mayan calendar <laughs>
0: Well, uh, either way,
1: it's kind we of. We did a get a Roland Emmerich movie did. out of that one. Oh, we did, yeah. Which I never saw actually. But. No, I didn't see either. But it, it's, it's. Uh, I remember that had a huge marketing presence when it came out. Oh yeah. Uh, I so even I remember when that movie came out, and I was just a little, just a little kid. Well, still. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's I
0: don't know it's the 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 plot is is pretty ridiculous and yeah, and it, when you when you look at this movie as as a whole it's it's just a very simple everything is just an excuse to show just some more some more action and the there is some cg in this and it's
1: pretty bad it's all very it's all pretty bad it's supposed to be that every 1000 i think they're arguing that every 1000 years satan comes back to earth oh yeah that's it So, I guess they, I just they just secured peace for another thousand years at the end of this movie. Yeah, Arnold Arnold saves the world because the it. I guess peace in the 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 existential sense, in that there was no Satan, but I mean, things were bad before and would continue to be after. But I guess it, it did temper down that you know. That uh, Satan wasn't trying to bring about the end times himself personally during that period. (laughs) As the decade grew closer to its end of the new millennium approach, concerns arose about what technological catastrophes would occur when the date rolled over from 99 to uh, 00. The Y2K bug was the main topic of conversation, and a slew of Y2K preparedness videos began popping up in order to calm growing concern while perhaps profiting off the event in the process.
0: While both of us have seen a ton of these videos over the years, the, the one that we chose to take a look at for this episode is perhaps the most 90s one of them all. It's hosted by Bill Nye the Science Guy and was distributed for free at Blockbuster Video. So... Yeah, so this was... They had a whole bunch of these, apparently. Now, I, I've never even... I didn't even know about this before researching this topic a little bit and it they gave it I guess they it was like a free rental so you could just go into to Blockbuster and they probably had him on like an end cap or something and you just uh, pick up your copy of what the y, Y2K what was it uh, the, the is your computer ready for the year 2000 yes with uh, hosted, hosted by Bill Nye now the the thing about this one compared to a lot of the other ones is that I feel like this one is the most grounded yes and realistic of all of them like a lot of them so the, like there were ones that I saw in the past where a lot of them are just kind of like standard and let's be real like they're pretty much all just dumb cash grabs but a lot of them were like you could kind of take away the Y2K thing and just put in any, any disaster, any natural disaster. Yeah. Like, so, so a lot of them were just like general survival tips. Like, Oh, you want to stockpile food and water and just like stuff like that. Pull cash out of the bank.
1: It's like when they, tell, it's like when they tell you that uh, if you hide in your basement, you'll be protected from a nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or, or just get inside your fridge or something
1: yes like
0: but this was it was like half an hour long and it was actually it presented stuff in a rational uh, educational but also entertaining way just like bill nye the science guy like the show just like what he does and actually when you watch this it's pretty much the same as an episode of the show like it's the 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 where you have like the narrator who's like commenting on the stuff that he's saying and the kind of kooky kid friendly you know way like the edutainment style of Bill Nye the science guy it's yeah presented that way so it yeah. fe- feels like uh, you know it's, it's like one of those but this specifically is to get your get your PC ready for the year 2000 and it, it's Interesting because they actually go through like, um, like tutorials, like how to open up your date and time settings, and, and yeah. re- like so I thought that that was kind of interesting too. I miss when,
1: uh, they had to go around and tell people how to open up their date and time settings.
0: No, <laughs> my uh, my mother in law has would, would probably still need a tape like that to help her. <laughs>
1: I just mean, like, instructional, very just calm, direct instructional videos on basic computer use.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, this was during the computer boom. I mean, you had, like, I don't know what the statistics were as far as, like, number of homes that had a computer. But by this point, it was a lot, like, probably the majority. So, like, this was during the dot-com boom. Everything was online and... The, the Y2K threat was, was very real and it was just the topic of discussion and that's what everybody talked about all the time was Y2K and then you had extremes on both sides. You had yeah. people who were like, ah, that's a hoax. Nothing to worry about there. And then you had people who were like the doomsday preppers that were like bu- setting up bunkers because they thought that all the planes were going to fall out of the sky and Yeah, everything like that. And the reality was that it was, it was actually kind of somewhere in the middle of that Um, because nothing major happened. People think that it was just a hoax, but the the truth is that it nothing happened because people fixed it. Like people made sure that it wasn't going to happen. There's an interesting article on, on time.com that talks to, some people on the in the US that were working on the Y2K efforts and the the United States dumped millions of millions of dollars into um, making sure that everything was Y2K compliant and the 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 guy was quoted as saying it's better to be an anonymous success than a public failure because since nothing major happened people think that it wasn't a cause for concern where I'm at, I'm kind of in the middle of it as well, while I think that...
1: You're a Y2K centrist.
0: It was like one of those deals where the media was just going nuts
1: with this thing.
0: I mean, it was so blown out of proportion, but at the same time, like I don't feel like any, most individuals didn't really think anything of it. So yeah. it was like the media was trying to cram it down our throats, like, Y2K, oh, it's, it's craziness, Y2K is going to happen. But then most people were like, ah, come on, get off it, yeah. you know, like.
1: My uh, my dad is always kind of is of that, uh, of that same kind of opinion, but just because uh, he has all these stories about where he was working at the time and how they had all these ridiculous consultants coming in that, you know, had to. Were telling you how, how this office needed to Y2K proof their coffee machines or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. And some of and those... He, have,
1: he had all that grifty consultant stuff, too.
0: Yeah, yep. And yeah. then some of those preparedness videos do talk about how, like, y- you know, your, your hair dryer's gonna stop working and yeah. stuff like that, where you're just like, come on. Let's, let's be real. But it was a real... It was a real concern, and they started working on this a decade before it actually happened. So there was plenty of time for them to update software and make sure that everything was compliant and ready when the rollover happened. So, I mean, that's why nothing happened because they fixed it. Like they made sure that everything was going to be compliant and, ready for when the rollover did happen because it would have I mean if nobody did anything it would have I believe it would have caused a lot of problems
1: yeah it wouldn't have caused an apocalypse but it would have been very it would have been much more expensive and time consuming to fix rather than to prevent
0: exactly exactly and then you have you know some like Russia said that they didn't put any money into it and thought that it was all just a big hoax so I don't know like I don't necessarily believe what they're saying anyway maybe their stuff was already compliant for Y2K but I don't know I just think that it it is it's an interesting subject to look at on both like a societal level to see like how this kind of almost manufactured hysteria was and also on a, a like a media level because i feel like during this time it was like just peak uh like garbage tv like yeah every, like me, like media outlets just going nuts for like you know the, just the crazy just craziness you know gossip yeah. stories and stuff like that so i think it was a just a really interesting time and like i know that like for me And my family, like we just didn't think anything of it. Like we had a computer, and it was compliant. It was already Y two K compliant. It was uh, okay to to go. I mean, like so we weren't we weren't concerned about it at all. No. But uh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people were. But I think that also at the same time, being someone who works in the technology field, I feel like it's important to recognize that the reason that nothing happened is because there were a lot of people working just night and day behind the scenes to, to make sure that everything was safe and, and yeah. happened without incident.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I guess the, those type of people, like much like my own career, like it's, it's kind of a thankless job in a lot of ways like it it I, I know that i'm doing my job if everything runs
1: smoothly you know so yeah that's the thing about it. it it it's the kind of thing where you're doing the the work that has to be done so that no one notices it
0: yeah and, and so i think that like a lot of those y2k preparedness videos just just were fanning the flames but you have some like this Bill Nye one that I think is like, was, was kind of important. Like he wasn't trying to perpetuate any kind of uh, like fear mongering. Like he, th- th- this video is definitely not about that at all. In fact, I think in the video he even says like, oh, it's probably going to be fine. They're, they're working on making sure that it's updated, but here's what you can do to make sure that your stuff's good to go. And then they talk about like why and like what could actually happen, not like some of these other ones where they're just like, "Oh, you gotta hoard all your water and like build a bunker and get canned foods and stuff like it's just
1: it that that's craziness the thing about a lot of the uh, uh of technology adjacent industries at this time, especially like in this sort of like in at the end of nineteen ninety nine, around two thousand, they should have been imminently worried about something, but it wasn't this. It was that the uh, dot com bubble was about to burst. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they were all
0: they were all in trouble, but it wasn't yeah. from Y two K.
1: Pets.com com should have been worried around the turn of the millennium, but not because of the Yep. <laughs> not because of the bug.
0: Yep. So as far as the uh, you know the Y two K preparedness videos go, I think that this one is. More educational and better produced than pretty much all the other ones that I've seen. However, as far as like p- watching it for laughs, uh may- yeah. maybe this is just this, this isn't like on the same level as the Leonard Nimoy one or the yeah. the, it's the some of the other ones out there. Yeah. The the I lower mean, the lower budget
1: ones. Trust us this when we say, if you want to find something to watch for laughs, they're out there. Oh yeah,
0: And <laughs> Most of them are on YouTube. this one I found on archive on the internet Archive. however, I found a mirror to it on YouTube so yeah if you what, one of the things that, that is that you can do is just search for Y2k on the internet Archive and there's like a ton of stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, that comes up so <laughs> check it out you'll, you'll find a lot of fun fun things on there oh, yeah. y2k <laughs> related and I think uh-huh. sticking sticking with the theme of just the the fear mongering that that was kind of at play i think we can transition into our next and final film because this is yeah this (laughs) is this is pretty much i i didn't i didn't even know about this like i don't remember this being a thing at all but our final film this month attempts to capitalize on the rising fear of y2k and present a future where the potential catastrophe is realized Directed by Dick Lowry and airing on NBC on November 21st, 1999. Let's discuss Y2K, the movie. Millennium Eve. Millennium Eve. Countdown to chaos.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the stroke of midnight, the Y2K computer bug kicks in, causing widespread chaos in the U.S. Well, Now, what's no. interesting... If, yeah, I was uh, about to say. Yeah, not... not <laughs>
0: Not the U.S. Not just the U.S. I mean, oh, it's it's a global catastrophe. It's a global catastrophe. Like, come on, what do you think? Yeah, it's just, do you think Y two K is just just happening in the U.S.? Give me a break.
1: Yeah the the one the one piece of credit I will give to this movie that it didn't seem like it would have automatically assumed is that it does spend time understanding time, time zones. zones. <laughs> yeah, that the, that the disaster is slowly getting closer to them.
0: I was wondering if they were even going to address the time zone thing and then and then i didn't and then i realized like oh it's like actually a plot point it's like a disaster movie you know where where that's the timeline right there like you it's like the asteroid heading towards earth but in this case it's time it's time that's barreling towards you and you have to get it fixed before it hits you which i also like because it's like all of those other countries didn't really matter it was like no, it was just our it was just the u.s that was the main concern was the u.s
1: way more people are dying it's it's either implied or said in other countries but it just doesn't matter
0: i like yeah there was like a a scene when when things started getting nuts where france like got hit and basically everybody in france just died and they were just like m- just moving on like that like oh it's it's headed, it's if it's heading over the pacific it's coming and it's like Oh my God, that's ridiculous. This whole movie is, is uh, exactly what you would expect from a 90s made-for-TV movie about Y2K. Like it's, you were talking earlier about, uh, about uh, sitcoms, cinematography, and that, that's yeah. what this is. Like This doesn't feel at all like a movie. It feels 100% like a TV show. It's shot like a procedural, and it looks like one, and it feels like one and it it like you, you know you have this team uh it's structured exactly like a procedural too like you have this team of uh i don't even know what they are like i guess scientists uh who were hired by the US government to stop Y2K i guess but the weird thing is like they don't really do anything like if you look no. if you look at what what this movie is it's literally this team of people in a room, and they're just watching a monitor, and then saying what is happening in the monitor, like, yes. Oh Sweden, Sweden's reactors just went into meltdown." Ah, oh, no, a plane, we lost a plane, and it was just like, "Okay, well, what are you doing about it?" Like, they're no, not nothing. doing anything. No, at the no. end of the movie, they they blow up some barrels, and, then, and that's it. Which I thought was also funny because, like, somehow it's like we're to assume that these. Scientists who specialize in, I guess, computers also know how to build bombs uh-huh. and like in such a specific way to like blow up a hatch to dump water into a nuclear reactor. Like it, it's ridiculous.
1: The movie doesn't spend a whole lot of time on the particulars there, does it?
0: No, I mean... No, and as far as like a disaster movie goes, it it's this is like a an incredibly boring disaster movie because nothing really happens. No. Much like stuff happens, but you don't really see it.
1: Yeah. But, they don't have the budget for showing you what happened.
0: No. Like there there was one scene where you see a plane fall out of the sky, but yeah. the first no. the, the opening scene was uh not even real. It's like a simulation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of on-screen catastrophe in Y2K, except for the obvious joke that the movie is that, but...
0: <laughs> Countdown the to chaos. I love that title. <laughs> I like it, too. Yeah, it's, it's it's good. I wanted... I really wanted to see... So we were looking for other Y2K-themed movies, and we found this yeah, one... Sure we found this one called year to kill it was, y2k it's called year y 2 y2k colon year to kill and which is interesting because it's like the, the number two but the subtitle is year to kill t-o i, I don't know that bothers me but that movie looks incredible and i really want to see that one but that's impossible that's to find like it doesn't make it's just impossible to find. There's a, there were a couple used copies online for like $90 or something like that. So if someone, anyone listening has a digital copy of Y2K Year to Kill, please let me know. Send it my way. 90s at filmpulse.net. I would love to see Year to Kill.
1: We might do, if you could get it to us, we might do like an emergency episode just on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we would. We'd do like a just a bonus and just cover that because yeah. that, I would love to see Year to Kill. And it really bothered me that I was
1: unable to find it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I want to share also the IMDb plot uh, summary, which is when the world's computers crash, a group of thugs go on a crime and murder spree. I mean, just it's it just sounds so.
0: It's really what I wanted Y2K to be. The the one that we watched. Yes. This just seems like it's going to and, and like the the couple of um you know stills that you have there.
1: I'm looking at them
0: now. Are, like what's going on here? It's like a guy in a bathroom stall it looks like he's drinking rubbing alcohol or something and he's got like the white undershirt with the fedora and the Trench coat. I it's mean, apparently
1: his one costume in the movie.
0: Yeah, like I, I got. I, I just have to see this and the, the cover. Yeah. So I I try to do some digging. Like it, the cover, the VHS cover is. There's a scan on IMDb, and it says that it's Spectrum Films, located out of Mesa, Arizona. So I went to it, the website but it, the website doesn't exist anymore. So, it's just it's just impossible.
1: Yeah. I do like I'm looking at this now. A couple things fascinate me here. One, uh it feels very somehow on on brand for what we know about this movie that's a movie called Y2K and it was only ever released on VHS apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I think another great thing is this 1999 VHS scan that we're looking at for Spectrum Films' logo, which clearly uh, that had not been updated since the 1980s.
0: It does look very old.
1: Yes, it's a very 80s looking logo. Just, just so many great things. I mean, if we can't see the movie, looking at the two sides of this VHS uh, cover still provide extraordinary entertainment. The,
0: the random font, fonts it's on so, the back, it's and about to say. The, it's like different <laughs> sizes, different, different. Different kerning, like everything is just completely random yes.
1: on the back. Uh, yes. It, I was about to say every line uh is in a different font, and sometimes it's word to word. The emphasis never makes sense.
0: Nope, and uh, different. I mean, we got like different indentations here. Like it's it's just it is wacky. Just a just a crazy wanna... s- formatting that we got going on here.
1: If anyone knows, specifically, we're now adding a second request. Obviously, if you have the movie, let us know. If you happen to know who did the design for this, this well, copy on the back...
0: I do know, I actually. would like to interview them. It says right here on the bottom, it says, Box Designed by Terry Pickett and Chad Sorg.
1: Terry Pickett and Chad Sorg, please come on the podcast.
0: Um. Yeah, so y- Y2K it's ridiculous it is exactly what you come to expect from a 90s made for TV movie maybe worse than some of the other ones in that there's nothing really to grasp onto it's just pretty boring yeah. like the whole thing is just oh yeah and, and them, them constantly talking about the cascade I loved that they're like did, wait, wait do you, where did the cascade start did you, did you pinpoint the cascade where's the cascade at is that is that it? Is that the cascade? And I'm just like, all right. We understand the concept of a power plant going out, diverting its power to another power plant, and that being overloaded and et cetera, et cetera. Like we get that. You don't have to keep hammering it in with the cascade talk. No. And also the names that I had mentioned in the previous one that we were talking about when we were talking about in of days the names in this chaos and clipper perfect which is they're introduced in an incredible way like they pull up and it's the daughter so you have this like kind of rebellious teen daughter and there's this scene where they the chaos and clipper pull up and she's just like hey chaos hey clipper and i'm just like what that's their name okay all right that's and and of course they're hackers but they serve no purpose to the movie at, at one point I was thinking like oh man like even though the, the parents don't like these two guys they're gonna get their they're gonna need their help for fixing something but that's not what happens what actually happens is that they steal an old lady's car and drive away when things start to get crazy
1: I guess we can assume that chaos and Clipper died at some point <laughs> yeah
0: i can only assume the old lady killed them
1: i want to be about her then yeah what a car back
0: i also like the scene when there's a so the wife of like the main guy is she's like a doctor and she's she's working in a hospital and there's this scene when a, a a woman comes in and she's pregnant and they're like checking the baby and they, they have her hooked up to like the the monitors and stuff and like her heart rate starts to get go crazy and like they think they're gonna have to operate on her or something and then they discover that it's just the monitors that are that are going nuts and they 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 go she goes wait where were these monitors made and the guy turns it around he's like Queens New York and she's like New York they're in the year 2000 and that's why they're failing. And it's just like, what? That that doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> Although all it did was make me think about like kind of the local news uh, staple on New Year's of talking about, you know, what time, how long into the year the uh, first baby in the area was born or whatever in the new year. And I was this this episode made me want to scan through the uh, New York Times edition from January 1st, 2000, which has all sorts of information about the new year and this very special new year of 2000. And I believe it claims at one point in that, you know, edition of that story that the first baby born in New York City on January 1st, 2000 was born two seconds after midnight. Wow. If that was, I'm almost young enough for that, for that, I, that, uh, like, it's around my age cohort. Like, if I was born two seconds after midnight on January 1st, 2000, that would be the thing, the way I would introduce myself to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a great, not really relevant, but just astonishing fact you could just pull out whenever you wanted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I also like that there's a scene in this where, you know, like I said, they're just sitting around in a room watching screens like they're not even doing anything. There's a scene where like they think that everything's fine. And then the guy's just like, he's like, wait a minute, reboot this system. And they reboot it and everything's like gone Haywire, and it turns out that like their own systems were infected with Y2K. And it's like, why did the government pay, why is the government paying you any money at all when you can't even fix your own system? Like, yeah. come on, what what is going on here? It's ridiculous. It, it, <laughs> it is like, like some... <laughs> it, it it is just,
1: like... sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, this feels like some analogy. About like inefficient government or something, it feels like propaganda. It feels like Gingrich era propaganda.
0: It's so ridiculous. everything Everything about this movie just it it does feel like this like weird I, I mean, I said it a bunch of times before, but it's just fear-mongering, I feel like
1: yeah. Uh, if you want that to be emphasized even further, look up on YouTube. there's a couple of TV spots for this movie that are on youtube like the 20 30 second spots it 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 is even the fear-mongering is even worse on the tv spots the ones that NBC did for this
0: (laughs) yeah which is crazy like i said i don't even remember this movie existing at
1: all so i'm trying yeah i want to actually find out how many people watched this because i'm trying to square it to the television audience of what would have been expected for 1999 because obviously any major viewership number for a network tv broadcast in nineteen ninety nine is going to look crazy now but yeah uh i I gotta find i gotta see usually you can find it gotta get some
0: numbers on this one
1: i gotta get some numbers on this i'm another thing i want to add while i'm looking is that the edison electric institute which is like uh a professional association for like U.S. Electric companies wanted NBC affiliates to boycott this movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Which probably leads to the presence of a rather astonishing title card that's at the front of it, a disclaimer saying that the producers of the film are not necessarily putting this out as a prediction. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, That reminds me, this, this movie is on YouTube, so you can just watch it on YouTube. It's a decent quality... I guess uh, some, some kind of VHS rip or something but the the funny thing is like halfway through it just goes to a, a menu where the guy who made this is clearly changing discs because yes. this was uh, at some point cre- a video CD was created for this so mm-hmm. I, m- most of you listening probably don't even remember video CDs but they're, they were before DVDs and you could actually put movies on CDs but because CDs were so small you often had to split them into multiple multiples so you would have like half the movie on one CD and the other half of the movie on the other CD and sometimes they would make double-sided video CDs too so you'd flip it but it wasn't anything that really caught on because by the time those became a thing DVD was like already kind of around are starting to come around. So they kind of skipped us for the most part, but yeah. over, Walmart. over in other, other countries, VCDs were huge. I remember when I used to visit New York um, and go to Chinatown, one of the reasons that I would always go to Chinatown every single time I'd go to New York was because there were tons and tons of VCD stores in Chinatown. And you could find all of these like super rare movies uh on vcd and it was just you know at the time it wasn't as easy to just stream everything and find everything so easily like you had to kind of just go out and find what you were looking for and yeah there were tons of these vcd stores in new york (laughs) and uh I don't I don't own any of them anymore, but I for a while I had a decent number of VCDs.
1: Yeah, I guess it is just the it's not it's not quite the failed media format because there are places where it did it, the timing was right, the conditions were right for it to be prominent. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a failed format yeah. either um mainly because it was so popular in other countries but also because it was just converting an existing format. Like CDs were obviously around for a long time being used for music and 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 data by that point, And they were just adapting it to another medium. So, yeah, I don't think it was a, a failed format per se, but comparing it
1: to DVD, I mean, it was like night and day. No is com- it possible that that, 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 that might be... I'm going to say that that's all. Certainly, how it was released in other countries is direct to video, uh, or maybe very low-scale television broadcasts. I'm. I feel like this is a movie, and I do have the ratings information here, and it might back me up. That was just so unremarkable upon release. I wouldn't be surprised if it simply never received a U.S. home video release.
0: Oh, I don't think.
1: I, be, I bet it didn't.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't well, be surprised if it didn't.
1: This one where the person who uploaded it uh, just doesn't even edit out the part where they're changing discs in the middle might just be the only way to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's watching it on like a PlayStation. It's either a PlayStation 3 or 4.
1: And... I do have the ratings information. I can't verify it, but, it you know, TV Tango is a pretty invaluable resource of just having Oh yeah, the schedules for any night in the history of American broadcast television you can think of. So this was a Sunday, November 21st, 1999. Uh, it airs from 9, to, uh, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on the uh, Eastern Pacific uh, time zones. It has a 10.4 rating and a 16 share, which is not good because this is a Sunday. It's a big night for TV. It lost in the ratings to uh, a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie there aired on CBS in the exact same time slot. Also lost in its 10 p.m. hour to The Practice on ABC. Earlier in the night, higher ratings were also achieved by Touched by an Angel and uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Oh man, it got destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire was a, got a fifteen point five rating. Y two K at ten point four. Uh, the uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame movie got a thirteen point seven rating.
0: I mean, that's that's just kind of interesting, and it kind of goes to show you that like it wasn't. I mean, I, I just I think that this was like over, a bit overhyped, like
1: the. I don't know. Very nearly lost in the ratings to the X-Files on Fox uh, at 9. It beat the X-Files? Barely. <laughs> 9.6 versus 10.4. Well,
0: oh, this is later X-Files, so...
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... You can tell in the advertising that they are really trying to appeal and frighten anyone who might be remotely nervous about some kind of wide-scale social unrest on January 1st, 2000. And I guess they got all of those people, (laughs) but it wasn't a lot of people. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, I, I think that Y2K was a very interesting event. And I think that, you know, comparing it to, or, or looking at it compared to like the pandemic that we're dealing with now, I think is, is kind of interesting to look at how, How both were received, whereas I I feel like a lot of people were more seemed more concerned about Y2K early on. Whereas like the pandemic, people just assumed that it was nothing, you know. And
1: that's one of the reasons it got so bad. Yeah, like Y2K is an example of something getting taken seriously by the people by the people who have the wherewithal to give the resources to fix it. Yeah, to manage it early on to minimize the eventual impact yep
0: and there were almost no incidents there was one incident in Japan where a, uh, a, a radiation sensor failed in a power plant but the backup sensor kicked in and I think there was like maybe like one other thing that happened but it wasn't yeah nothing nothing catastro- catastrophic obviously
1: yeah no it's uh yeah i think there would have been i think just for a while there were a lot the 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 thing that you were way more likely to see than an actual problem was it would assume i don't remember obviously uh like a lot of clocks that would read like 1900 or 19100 or something uh i don't know where were you on december 31st 1999 adam I remember exactly where I was. I was with my f- my family had a
0: had a small get together at my house and we were just uh we played we played some games, some board games and we had some some snacks, food. And I remember we were watching my cousins and I were watching MTV before like the the New Year's stuff and then when the New Year's stuff started, we just watched TV and watch the ball drop. And I remember expecting like, or or preparing myself to see like the power go out or something. And then it happened and you know, the ball dropped. It was a big deal. And it, it, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. It was a memorable, you know, I usually don't remember what I did on a new year's just because, uh, usually my new year's is like pretty unremarkable, but I remember that one. And I also remember thinking like, oh man, they really nailed the, the glasses, you know, like you, you, you have the, the fun novelty glasses that that, have really good
1: years for the glasses. Yeah.
0: Like two, two, zero, zero, zero. And then it's like, man, this is, this is great. Like the zeros, you just put them there like they're like glasses, and then 2000
1: f- to 2009 was were just a bunch, it was just a decade of great years for those yeah, glasses. Yeah, like
0: oh, wow, we got a whole decade of like having these like just perfectly designed glasses mm-hmm. for
1: celebrations. So, there we go. I do like the um, I think, I think Y2K, the movie, is the only movie where anyone bothers to point out that the millennium did not actually you know, the third millennium did not begin until 2001, right? But again, it's the thing where. You're literally, this is the only time in a thousand years where you can look at it and see all four years change, all four digits on the year change.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. I remember I actually had a, um, for Christmas one year, someone got me a Y2K countdown clock. Mm -hmm. So I had this this clock, and I, I remember it was like, I got it several years before Y2K, and... Like, I remember, like, watching that clock also because this dumb clock was on my dresser for, like, years. Mm-hmm. Every day waking up and seeing that stupid thing counting down and then finally it hit zero. And it didn't do anything. Like, I was expecting it to do something, you know? like Light when, up or make it sound. Yeah, just, like, beep or, like, even flash. But it wasn't. It just went to zero and then just stopped. And that's it. It was just at zero, 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 zero. <laughs> it was so disappointing.
1: It, it It couldn't even keep going, like it should still work. It should still I think show you, you the negatives, much, yeah, how much time has elapsed since January first, two thousand?
0: Yeah, nope, it just went to zero and then stopped.
1: It did its job, I guess,
0: and I'm wondering like so if I go on like because I threw it away, obviously, like i I was not happy and I threw it away. So I'm wondering if if I go on eBay and I search for uh y two k. Countdown clock if I can find it on eBay there appear to be some things that yep i uh, no that's not the one there is they definitely have them
1: mm-hmm.
0: the one that i had i don't oh oh, oh. yeah,
1: I found it five dollars very good use condition needs new battery, says the seller. <laughs> uh i don't think that'll uh fix all the problems it currently has as a device
0: (laughs) no i'm not sure why you'd necessarily want that but hey if you want to go on ebay they do have the millennium countdown clocks on there i mean they have they have new ones here too in in the box now the 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 ones that are new in the box are not that's not the one that I had, but this one looks pretty interesting. Two thousand, it's coming. Know the time remaining at a glance. The next millennium countdown.
1: I do like the bluntness of it. Yep,
0: yeah. it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you can't avoid uh, it. One of my, one that I'm looking at here is the countdown to two thousand Y two K millennium embroidered baseball hat adjustable cap. LCD clock, so you can actually have a baseball cap that has a countdown to the year 2000, so you can show everybody how close we are to the year 2000.
1: I have found a eBay page for five Y2K collectibles. Consists of the following five items. The Chicago Tribune dated Friday, December 31st, 1999. Unread. Commemorative (laughs) issue uh, of Time Magazine dated January 1st, 2000. It has a mailing label on the cover. And it was read very, all caps, carefully, and saved flat. Three, a millennium flag. Flag? Yeah. I guess. (laughs) It's just a flag that has 2000 written on it. (laughs) Uh, Still in its original plastic bag, but has been opened. Three by five, made by Valley Forge, and was made of 100% polyester. Has never been flown. (laughs) Four, millennium party box of M&M candies. The, in parentheses, the confetti-colored can- M&Ms have long since disappeared. You can guess how. <laughs> oh my Vox god. very good condition. No rips, tears, missing pieces. And finally, 750ml bottle from Cook's Sparkling Wine Collector's Series. Opened it empty, of course, but still has paper label and neck label, along with some gold foil. The dark green glass bottle is festooned with gold images of celebration and the year 2000 except for being opened and empty. The bottle's in excellent condition with no cracks or chips. Starting bid, $9.99. Mm,
0: something tells me he's not, gonna, he's not gonna hit that.
1: I don't think so.
0: Oh my god. Uh, now I'm like going down a rabbit hole of Y2K merch here. I, I need to pull myself away because there's just so much good Y2K merch. Mm-hmm. I should buy a Y2K t-shirt actually. There's some good Y2K t-shirts.
1: I oh. feel like the commemorative magazine and the uh, full 19, December 31st, 1999 edition of the Chicago Tribune get you some direction of the way there uh, to some interesting memorabilia, but including an empty bottle, an empty M&M case, and a silly-looking flag almost devalues it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it brings the collective value of the package down.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: uh, I'll agree with that.
0: All right, uh I think that uh that's going to do it. Was there anything else you wanted to end end on regarding Y2K, the actual event or the movie?
1: Um, I highly recommend watching the movie. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's all, yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous and it's on YouTube, so
1: yeah. Uh, uh, not much else to add. I think it's an interesting look at one of those things that happened while i was alive but before i had any consciousness or ability to f- form memories or perceptions or opinions so it's an interesting little uh a, a snapshot in particular by which i mean the movie y2k is <laughs> <laughs> an interesting snapshot the other ones are in are movies on their own merit the Y2K movie somehow feels completely inescapable from a very specific thing that perhaps mass media organizations were doing in late 1999. Yeah. Uh, and on that merit, I think it is interesting. I think it's worth seeing. Yeah, I agree.
0: I, in fact, I'm kind of surprised that there weren't more movies that, that were using Y2K as like some sort of plot device or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, it it or, feels or... right. I guess they were worried that they could never rerun them ever.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe.
1: They couldn't get those uh, USA Network residuals four years, five, six years down the line.
0: Maybe that's why Strange Days hasn't seen another release, because they're just like, well, it takes place at the when it's turning year 2000, but we're already in 2022. Like,
1: what's the point? Yeah, uh, yeah you don't get a lot of uh, end of days around either, do you?
0: Nope. All right. uh, I think that's going to do it for this month. Uh, Let us know how your family dealt with Y2K by sending us an email at 90s at filmpulse.net or a DM on Twitter or Facebook at 90spod. Also, if you have year to kill, please let us know. If you get a moment, consider dropping us a review on iTunes. That would be extremely helpful. Until next month for Ken Bakley. My name is Adam Patterson, and this has been Saved by the 90s.